Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The entire book of Hosea serves as a kind of metaphor, showing us how Israel, as God's wife, was unfaithful to him, even becoming a harlot. Unfaithfulness in marriage always leads to more and more evil and sinfulness. And the same was true with Israel. She eventually became sinful in her social dealings, that is, in her dealings with men, and also in her relationship with God on every level. Not only was Israel given fully to idolatry and sinfulness, but also she was stubborn, refusing to turn back to Jehovah. In chapter 7, referring to this stubbornness, Jehovah says of Israel, Ephraim is a cake not turned. By chapter 11, Israel, as this unturned cake, refusing the admonitions of Hosea and all the prophets, eventually loses everything, including the temple, Jerusalem, the sacrifices, and ultimately the priesthood and the prophets. Francis Ball has joined us as we come to a kind of midpoint in this life study of Hosea. And Francis, uh, a dark situation here, but I think this, uh, this message today has a tremendous potential to enlighten us as the New Testament believers regarding something that's quite important to God. Don't you agree? I feel this is very important, and I hope even the, the lesson that we are learning from Israel's history here would turn many of us to have the desire to build up the church yeah. for this age. That may not have been what people were expecting us to say. I mean, we're seeing Israel in this very negative light. The stubbornness, the idolatry, the the unfaithfulness really depicted as the unfaithful wife here to Jehovah as the husband. But we're not uh, going just to see the issue or the fruit of this evilness and sinfulness in the normal way or the typical way we we see it in the Old Testament uh, books that that touch this matter. But we're going to see how it comes uh, into very close contact with this New Testament topic of great importance, and that is the proper way or the the God-ordained way to build up the church, the body of Christ, and it's related to this matter of the prophethood. Now, I do want to touch this phrase I quoted from chapter 7 in Hosea, and this Ephraim is a cake unturned or not turned, an unturned cake. This is a a metaphor, Francis, uh, I guess we could visualize a pancake or a a hot cake on the griddle that uh, you only cook on one side. And so one side gets charred and tough and black. The other side is still doughy. This is a, a kind of a picture of how Israel was and can also be a picture of how we are in our relationship with God, isn't it? That's right. And this is a, the hope that we have that we would have a, not a cake unturned, but we have a way to turn so that the church could be built up in a balanced way. Hosea was the prophet that the Lord was trying to use to gain Israel back at this time, and uh, he warns them 
uh, in chapter 11, where we're at today, concerning this matter of listening to the prophets, turning back to God, and they refuse. Uh, Chapter 11 really is our focus today. Let's look at a couple of verses at the beginning, Francis. This is uh, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. As they called them, so they went from them. To the Baals they sacrificed, and to the idols they burned incense. Mm. So here is uh, the the prophets calling to Israel uh, to turn back to Jehovah. But the more they called, the more the prophets called Israel back to Jehovah, the more Israel forsook not only Jehovah, but also the prophets running away from them. And instead, they run to the Baals, that is the idols, and sacrificed uh, to the idols, even burning incense. Now, Matthew chapter 21 is a portion where the Lord Jesus speaks a very prophetic word concerning Israel, and uh, we'll see how that prophecy of the Lord's was fulfilled in our program today, but let's look at that verse as well. Therefore, I say to you that the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and shall be given to a nation producing its fruit. And finally, another verse we need to really have a good understanding of what we're about to hear, 1 Corinthians 14 where the Apostle Paul says, Pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So, Francis, we have Israel rejecting the prophets. We have the Lord Jesus prophesying that the kingdom will be taken from them. And then Paul's exhortation to the church in the New Testament to pursue above all the gifts the matter of prophesying. How does this all come together? I think we'll get a lot of help from Witness Lee today. Let's join him for our first portion. God sent the prophet to call them again and again. Yet, the more God's prophet called, they went away. And they went away from where? They went away from the prophets. You call us for God, we just go away from you. Have you noticed that since the time Titus destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, up to now, nearly 2,000 years, it's very strange with such a long period of time, God never raised up any prophet among the Jews. Then without what? Without priests, without prophets, nothing among the Jews today, only the rabbis set up by themselves and synagogues and Jewish centers. This is God doing even according to this, we have to know God. We have to believe that there is really a God in the universe. The Bible tells us why the Lord Jesus in Matthew 21 tells us from that time God will remove his kingdom to another people. That means to the church. So in the following books of New Testament, Acts and Epistles, in the churches, God raised up a lot of prophets. In the churches, every reborn one is a priest. We have been born priests. We are priests by our birth. Not natural birth, but the special birth. Every believer, regardless what you are, and regardless who you are, as long as you are a Christian, genuine Christian, you are a child of God, you are a priest. Not only so, after being a child of God, to be his priest, serving him in the gospel, 
We all have to endeavor not to, to be satisfied, contented with uh, our being the priests. We have to endeavor to be what? To be prophet. This is fully recorded in First Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says, desire to prophesy. If you prophesy, then you become a prophet. You all can prophesy one by one. The Lord has shown us something that today is the age of the Lord recovery. Amen. To recover what? To recover First Corinthians 14. To recover the prophesying of every believer. Francis, uh, we've got some history here related to Israel and the resulting prophecy that the Lord Jesus spoke in its fulfillment. I'd like to spend a little time to talk about that. Then we have the fulfillment of that prophecy and how this uh, this matter of the prophets was passed on to the church and how that is worked out. Most of that we can talk about after we come back to Witness Lee for the second section. But mainly at this point, let's talk about this historical aspect a little bit. The Old Testament practice, what God ordained, was really typified by, first, of course, the temple in Jerusalem, the priests carrying out the uh, God-ordained sacrifices, and the prophets who were always being raised up to speak to Israel, bringing her back to God when she strayed. Now, uh, he pointed out here, and this was the first time I'd really realized it in this way, following you know, the Roman general Titus and his destruction of the temple and the city of Jerusalem in roughly 70 AD after the death of the Lord Jesus, since that time, now for 2,000 years, virtually no prophets have been raised up among Israel. Uh, very striking, isn't it? Yes, it is quite striking. That earlier than that, there were many prophets raised up in Israel, but the prophets were ineffective. They never were able to raise up the uh, Israelites to become a prevailing nation. Therefore, the Lord's prophecy is that the nation would be taken from them and be given to another. And the secret to this nation is not only the priesthood, which all believers enjoy, the common universal priesthood of the believer, mm-hmm. but also the needed factor for building up a nation or a people that are really God's people on the earth is the prophethood. We need the prophets. We need to be able to prophesy. And without this prophesying, among all the believers, it's very difficult to to imagine how we could have such a testimony for God's economy. What God intended to do was raise up all his people to be priests and prophets. Look at this verse. Uh, we have this verse in First Peter uh, that makes the point you're just making about the universal priesthood of all the believers. You yourselves, he says in chapter 2, verse 5, 1 Peter 2, 5, also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So this is the universal priesthood, and this is our inheritance at our birth, our new birth. When we're born again and receive the life of Christ, we also receive this universal priesthood, don't we? We do not any longer need a mediatorial class between us and God. We have direct access through our priesthood through the the one mediator, Jesus Christ. This is a marvelous privilege that every believer has, and to some extent, most believers exercise this 
aspect of the priesthood different times in their life. Right. We still need much improvement in this area, but the main thing that makes us a nation, makes us the church, which is universally inclusive of all the believers, is the prophethood. And this is what is needed, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, and according to our experience, what is needed is the prophethood, those who prophesy. Let's look at Paul in 1 Corinthians 14. He says in verse 31, we read a moment ago, chapter 14, verse 1. Now chapter 14, verse 31 says, For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So Francis we're going to hear Witness Lee uh, help us with this verse and understanding now that just as the priesthood is universal, since it's can all prophesy one by one, the prophethood is also universal, isn't it? Yes, and without this, we're no way to have the people to be a nation. Mm. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll come back and fellowship some more practically about how it is that we can all prophesy one by one. We have to have a gathering that all the members of the church to come together to do what? To prophesy, to speak for the Lord and to speak forth the Lord. You speak and she speaks and he speaks, the older ones speak and the young ones speak. Everybody speaks. That enlivens you and stirs you up. How rich and how high how fresh, how living, and how powerful that would be. A small sister just saved two weeks ago, and she stands up to say, Jesus is so good. Oh, I love him. I love him. And he testified, he's so lovable. I just love him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't this a good speaking? And such a good speaking was stir up the older ones. You know, the grandpa and grandma, right? Always like to hear the grandchildren to say something. Suppose every day, every day, every day I speak, I speak for three years, all of you will stay away from me. So we have to honor God's way. First Corinthians 14 is God's way. This is the biblical way. Psalms told us we have to make a joyful noise to our God. So this is revelation. That all of us have to speak, to prophesy in a meeting. Francis, uh, of course, I'd like to hear your teaching on this point, but I'd like to also hear your testimony. I know you've been practicing this way of all prophesying for many, many years in uh, in your own church life experience. I'd just like to maybe ask you to give a kind of a testimony because a lot of people hearing this are saying, well, gee, it sounds good, but it, it just couldn't work. We, we can't be in a situation where all speak. Surely the gifted one, the teaching one needs to, to do uh, all of the speaking. How does this work out, Francis? Well, This is the fallen aspect among us Christians that we think we have to have a mediatorial class between us and God. But God intends not that we would all speak in tongues, but that we would all prophesy. And actually, prophesying builds up the church. This is made very clear by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 
And so we have to believe that it will work. And I can testify, as you ask for my experience in this, that I learned gradually that prophesying builds up the church and not your individual contact with the Lord for your private devotions, but your speaking in the meetings of the church in a way that uh, builds up others. So I found out and step by step, I was raised in a, in a denomination. I was saved in a denomination, and I learned some verses, and I came to the assurance of my salvation. And then I learned that uh, the pastoral class mm-hmm. of people is not God's best way. So I began to uh, learn how to participate in the meetings of the church. At that time, I had met with the British Brethren. Yeah for a long period of time, and I learned to function. And I helped others to learn to function, because at the Lord's table, we would be open for all to participate, all to speak something, all to call a hymn, all the things could be not arranged by a program nor by a person, but by all participating. And then I found out that I have a spirit, and everything is involved with my spirit. And I need to exercise my spirit in speaking forth something in the meetings. And it may be something that, in my experience, I have just learned that would benefit others and help build up the church. And others were going through the same kind of experience. But we never realized at that time what the building up of the church is really, how it's really accomplished. But in this recovery, as we call it, in the recovery of uh, the practice of the church life, and how to build up the church, we've discovered and found out that the way the church is built up by all prophesying. I speak something, and you speak something, we all speak something, and this builds up the church. So this is a a real discovery that reaches God's goal, and this is our main purpose. Not that we would all speak in any kind of tongue, or that we would all have some kind of special gift, but that we would all prophesy our experiences of the Lord in our daily living. There is this special gift of tongues, as, as well as many other specific gifts that are you know, mentioned in Corinthians. Uh, but this verse particularly says, all can prophesy one by one. So that means it doesn't require a special gift. And also, I think we maybe should point out that we're not talking just about the uh, prophecy in the sense of this predicting the future, which is what it has somewhat come to mean, I think, to most believers today. But the word itself really, although it includes that aspect, as you said, it is also speaking for God and speaking forth God. Yes. And it's these two uh, aspects primarily that are the building up portions, aren't they? Yes, they are. Because we have a spirit, and from our spirit we can speak something of our experience that will bless others, will help others, and will cause the church to be built up. Each one prophesying builds up the church. Mm. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final portion today, Francis, and I think it's just a good capstone on what we've been fellowshipping. As God's prophets called them, so they went from the prophets. To where? To Baals. Not to one Baal, but a number of Baals. Bill, this is the name of a top idol. They uh, went away from the prophets to where? To the bills they sacrificed. To the bill they sacrificed. That means they served. 
with their offerings of sacrifices. And to the idols, they burn incense. The Assyrians will be their king, for they refuse to return to Jehovah. The sword will fall upon their cities, consume their bars, and devour them because of their own counsels. They are bent on turning away from Jehovah. They are just bent to this one thing. To what one thing? To turn away from Jehovah. Though the prophets call them to him, who is on high, that's God, then at all exalt God. Don't care. So this force or God to give up Israel. Okay. I would give you up. No more prophets for 2,000 years. Isn't this strange? Among the Jews, for 2,000 years, no prophets, no priests. Could you believe? Why? Because God turned away from that. To whom? To the church. Now in the church, God gave a lot of prophets. Give a lot of priests. We were regenerated. Praise. Now we have to endeavor to be prophets. Well, in a sense, Francis, I would say if we neglect this matter of the prophets and the prophesying to build up the church, how can we expect anything other than what Israel experienced when they rejected the prophets in their time? God may have to take the prophets away again That's and right. give them to someone else. Uh, this is critical, isn't it, in, in his economy, in his uh, carrying out and accomplishing his eternal plan. Yes, and I believe that's the reason that there is a, the cry on Paul's part, that even though you may have love and you may have spiritual gifts, but all may prophesy. And to stir up the all prophesying is so that God's purpose can be accomplished and we can be built up to be God's inheritance and the building of God on the earth. We read this verse a while ago in 1 Peter about the priesthood. Another verse right after that in chapter 2 of 1 Peter continues the point. Listen to this, Francis. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people acquired for a possession, so that you may tell out the virtues of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So even the prophethood is implied in this verse on the universal priesthood, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's very important that it's practiced this way. Otherwise, God has no way to build up a people that can be his nation, his corporate people to express him on the earth. Well, Francis, may we endeavor, as he exhorted us at the end of his message, to uh, learn this matter of prophesying that we all may be those who tell out the virtues of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. Good to have you. Thanks for the testimony. Thanks for the uh, the teaching. Thanks for the prophesying, Francis, and uh, the exercise of your share of the universal priesthood. Thank you. We are practicing the prophesying now. Yes, we are. And we encourage all of our listeners to practice the same, that we all could be uh, perfected in this matter. We hope you'll join us for our next program. We'll continue in the book of Hosea. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to contact us to get the uh, printed Life Study messages, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening.
Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, BlackBerry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today. What is the church? The church, which is His body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.